Welcome to the 145 World Podcast, where we are here to strengthen music careers and communities one song at a time. And now, here's your host, Jacob Wing. Yay! Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's show, Episode 7, and today we're going to talk about and deal with the acquisition of gear, and something that we really don't think a lot about. We always have little pieces here and there, or little dream things that we'd like to pick up at certain points in our career, but we rarely think about it as a summation of things or as a overall arcing story or direction we want to take. And I think if we gave it a little bit more mindfulness, it could make a real big difference in the things we do. Um, one thing that happens, especially in the audio world, and you know, we can see it in guitarists and engineers anybody like that we get this thing where we we kind of get the feeling where more gear equals more better and that is rarely the case in fact it's usually worse the more stuff you have the more choices you have and the harder it is to really make a decision and move forward it's it's kind of like crippling creativity and that's a thing we'll dive deeper into much later but we, we fall into the cycle of gas or, you know, uh, just gear acquisition syndrome where we just got to keep getting the next thing, the next thing that's going to make the difference. It's going to take me to that next level. It's going to break me out because I have this. And it, it's really a falsehood and a myth that we need to be aware of and very, very afraid of in some ways. So, I mean, over the course of your career, you are going to buy, you know, hundreds of pieces of gear. And, you know, it's going to be thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands of dollars spent on things that may or may not help, that may be adequate for what you're trying to do, may be perfect for your situation or may not. And in most of the cases, when we're not thinking about what we're doing and we don't have a goal or a direction, that winds up costing us in the end. So, <clears throat> excuse me, if we start to think of this as a lump sum and an overall amount spent over a career, it really can become overwhelming and really make you want to not put the time or effort into this. But the more that you're mindful of it, the more that you can be aware that spending that money, that just throwing that money in the window, just grabbing the next thing that sounds good to you might not be the best thing overall for you. So what's the best thing we can do? As with everything else, the best thing you can really do is just be mindful of what you're doing. Have a game plan. Have something on paper. You know, that's the best way. And one of the main ideas, and one of the key ideas you want, I want you to take away from this before we go really deep into this, is just knowing your destination will make the journey more enjoyable. And in the end, it will make it cheaper. I promise you this. I mean, just doing this one step will save you so much money and heartache and time and meeting weird people in parking lots just it helps i promise this one this helps that's why it's in the beginning it's why you need to know this so the first thing we really want to do is as things that we've talked before and if you've gone through some of these early episodes you've really started to understand and be mindful of what your sound is and and where where you want that sound to be eventually and that's a big part of this and once again I would urge you to pull out a piece of paper or a notepad on your computer, something that you can put down and have to reference at some point and, and write down what sound you want to, you want. So, you know, if that's a style of music, write that down. I want to be a, 
you know, in the genre of country and I want to sound like this artist. So, you know, you have your genre and then you have, you know, list some artists that you really like that sound of and you'd like to produce that. And then in this, I would either, I would have a separate one, a separate paragraph or a separate column for a recorded sound and a live sound because those are two very different things. And the sooner that you acknowledge that in the, the sooner that you come to terms with a recorded sound is not the same as a live sound, the easier this process gets. I know that we want to be purists and just be like, I just play what I play, you know? I just, I am what I am, you take it or leave it. And that's true and that's how you should be as, as an artist, uncompromising can be its own thing and can be good. But you really need to be mindful of the same tools that make you sound good live are not the same tools that make you sound good on a recording. So being mindful of that and making a list here of here's the sound I want, you know, like we said, a country and I want to sound like Willie Nelson. And so you have something to reference. You have something to go pull from and say, how does he achieve his sound? And everything is on the Internet. If you have somebody that's even a mildly successful artist that you're referencing, you will be able to pull up any sound recordings. You'll be able to pull up interviews with producers and engineers that will tell you what they did in the studio. You can usually find either recordings or photos where you can reference. Uh, if you are referencing a recording that sounds so unique that you don't understand it, there's always going to be something to reference why it sounded like it did. And then you can go out and find, uh, you know, what does that, write that down and go out, look for that gear. If you're listening to live recordings or you've seen somebody live and you want to emulate how that is going or you're watching live recordings, you can just do the exact same thing. There's usually a video involved in these or you saw it in person and you can either pull up that video, search around, look at the background. That's going to be part of, it will never be the complete story of how that sound is created, but you can start to put together that picture. And if you're live in person, maybe as a as an artist, you become more mindful of watching what they're using. It's, gear is not that that important to it. Where you should not enjoy the performance and look at the gear instead, and just be like, hmm, I don't know, I don't, I don't like that sound. I don't like that piece of gear. That's, that's pretty stupid. You don't want to be that person, but you do want to just be mindful of. Oh, hey, okay, I see what they're using there. Okay, and then you know back to listening to the music, enjoying you. Just be mindful. Those are the kind of things that will help you. And if it's somebody who's not quite hit a huge level, I mean, there's a certain level where people become unreachable. That's just part of the society we live in. But a lot of people are happy to to help you, to let you know exactly what they're using and why they're using it. I mean, there is endless amounts of videos online of people going through what they call studio tours. And they love to show you their gear and what they use or gear rundowns or gig rundowns, like whatever whatever they like to call it, you can pull those up and they'll sit there and tell you piece by piece, you know, what instrument are they using? What effects are they going through? What kind of compressors or anything, you know, so on and so forth. So information's available, but the, the key is that you have some sort of written down reference of where you want to go. And that's going to help you uh, get to that point. Um, so, as you've done this and you, you've pieced out a little by little of like, I like this sound, I like a little bit of this sound, I want a bit of this, you can start to build a little bit of a roadmap of pieces of gear that I would like to have to achieve the sound. This is, this is important to get to that point. And that really does help as you're 
taking the the long-term view of this so you start to write down a list of all these things and the most important first step you should take is building out what you have to have versus what you want to have and so you need to take a look at that and piece together of like hey this person used this amplifier and this this guitar and through these effects pedals so i want i need this sound to sound like that well what's the most important part of that chain you know you need to start to prioritize like okay what do i have to have and what do i want to have and that's kind of the most important thing and the thing is that you're going to run into is that usually the things that you're writing down you're referencing top line artists that have money to blow on on small things that you would never spend money on at this point in your career and you need to prioritize if that's something you actually need or if there's a version of that that's either cheaper older and, and more affordable or more attainable for you because you need to remember that on this list it's more important that you have that thing or you have something to achieve that sound versus just having the best version of that and we can get stuck in a routine of having to have the best thing versus just having that and so now that you've gone through this list and you've picked out things and you maybe made some changes and found some more affordable versions the next step is to prioritize this list and as you as you kind of organize it and look at it you're going to see things that yes i really want this yes i want this the ambiance of what this provides so let's say it's a it's some kind of pedal that gives this amazing reverb and that's the sound that you want to go for but it's it's, it's not what you need right now to to write the songs it's not what you need to get the ball rolling and, and anything else it's really one of those the end result has to have that but maybe it, before you get that you have to to write down the lyrics you have to put together the song structure and the chord structures and everything like that. So that's really not going to be one of your top priorities and it can move down the list. And, you know, more important is to get a, a way to record. So do I have some, some way to capture the sound? Do I have something, a good microphone that's going to sound better than, you know, the cheapest one I have, you know, you, you just kind of prioritize that list and then you move down that list. And as you do this, you start to acquire pieces that you know are going to be part of your repertoire and part of your arsenal of tools that you're going to be able to use and they're going to stick with you for a longer part of your career because you've researched it and you know it's a good sound you you know it's been proven and it's going to be there it's not just going to be the flavor of the week which we all have that problem of i like this now but i know like it tomorrow which is fine we should all grow we should all be invest in and take in different sounds but you don't want that to in to hinder your your growth forward because you don't have enough money because you spent it on things that you don't like though and yeah you can always sell it and recoup some of the money i mean part of being a musician or an engineer in this age is also you're kind of a, a walking pawnbroker you are always trying to sell something you're always trying to pick something off craigslist and it's a tough part of the gig but it's part of the gig but you can avoid so much of that if you're really investing things that you've done just a little bit of work and you have it written down and you have an overall arcing game plan it really does help (laughs) 
Hi there, and welcome to the ad break. We're just going to take a moment to let everybody know about our community of growing members. And if you'd like to be a part of that, just look at the info below and there will be a click there for an email sign up to join in and get your voice heard. As well, if you're enjoying this content, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash the numbers 145 world there you can join any of our groups and you can add to the discussion of what topics we will choose that will help you and hopefully future members of our groups as well as join monthly q a's and other such benefits again that's patreon.com slash the numbers 145 world and we look forward to seeing you there now back to that regularly scheduled episode and enjoy that content thanks again Now we're going to kind of move into personal opinion territory and just from experience, my version of reality is that older is usually better than new. And what do I mean by that? Um, I'm not saying that vintage is the best and that's the way you always need to go and not, not what I'm trying to say here. What I'm trying to say is that it's best to get a cheaper version and an older version, a used version of something and spend time with it and learn that thing. So at any point in your career, when you decide that I need to invest in a piece of gear and you have an opportunity to find a cheaper, older version, I implore you to do so. Get it, work with it, learn the ins and out, learn how it works, learn the pros and cons. The, I cannot tell you how many times I've made a much better purchase because I've took a an item a piece of gear i worked with it and i learned what it could do and why it is in that realm of what i wanted why it helped me get to a sound i couldn't get to before but also its limitations and why it was a cheaper version why it was not the top of the line why it was discarded from another person um and then when it came time to yes i like this sound yes i really like it uh when it came time to purchase the best version of that, I was more prepared. I knew exactly the dollar amount I wanted to spend. And then I already knew how to use the piece of gear, which is really most of the battle. The knowledge is in how to use that gear, how to manipulate it, how to use that tool. And um, that's that's the best part. Um, and then the, the, another little benefit you don't really think about though, with older gear, you are less afraid to use and abuse it. With newer things, we will baby them, we will polish them, we will put them in the corner, we will not use them for certain things because I don't wanna I don't wanna put a ding in it or reduce its value. But older things, we will beat the crap out of them, we will push them to their extremes, and we will absorb so much more knowledge and use them more frequently because we don't have those concerns. So older is always greater than new when it comes to adding a sound. I know it's a little counterintuitive, but it, it does work. Um, another thing I really want to talk about is owning versus renting. So when it comes to gear and to having things to make sound, we are in a new age. And it's one that no matter who you are, if you're kicking and screaming and you're the old man yelling at the clouds, uh, we're moving into this new realm of everybody wants to get you into a subscription model. So if it is not a physical piece of thing that you are buying, they're going to find a way to get you into a subscription model. And I would really, really 
really push you towards thinking twice about subscription models and being very mindful because that they, they will drain your bank account especially for newer and developing artists so fast and you will be unable to grow and be you know have reliable tools because you're just feeding money into the system and not having something in return now that being said there are things in subscription models and thankfully the reason they came around in reason that we're giving them money is because they're useful there's things that we could never purchase before that we have access to just because of subscription models. Um, I myself have a couple suites of bundles as, an, as engineers and producers that we have to have that I would never have gone out and bought because there's little tools in things they offer that work here and there, but they don't really work on every session or really all the sessions. And you know, when you have that list of priorities, you're grabbing the things that you know you're going to use for every song. This is going to be on everything I do, every track I do, every every recording artist I bring in here is going to use this. You know, those get done, they're getting bought, and they're getting used. But the things that can add the sparkle in, add the polish, and stuff like that, those are great for subscription models. Things that you can you know, start, you know, get them for a month, use all the tools, and then, hey, maybe I'm not going to be doing some recordings this month, or I'm not going to be doing any editing or mixing or mastering for an artist this month. I can get rid of this subscription. That's where they have their great benefit. When it comes to physical gear and versus like what we call plugins um, or, or your software for audio recording and mixing and all that kind of stuff, I, I was always on the fence on this one. And I, I grew up right where hardware was turning into software during those times. And I was all on board and completely all about if I can get a professional sound using a piece of software, by all means, please, I am all in. As I have grown older and I've, you know, acquired gear and the more I'm working in a, in a studio environment and recording environment, dealing, helping other artists build their sound, I really have. I've built a hybrid studio, but I, you know, moving more towards. I really enjoy the idea of analog gear, and having a piece of hardware forces you, like we said before, to sit there and mess with the knobs and understand, you know, why does it do this sound? Okay, if I go this extreme, it sounds this way. If I go this extreme, oh, the middle's kind of nice. Tweak it a little bit this way. And you have a physical understanding of this piece of gear that you never get with a plugin. Now, the other benefit to that is that you own that piece of gear now. So nobody can come and take that away from you, at least in the current <laughs> climate we live in. Nobody can come and take a away that piece of gear. You own that. It will always be there for you. You may have to fix it. You may have to invest in a new one because you've used it so much. But nobody can come take that away from you. That is not the truth with software. And even when you buy a piece of software, you're telling yourself, hey, I own this. And you really don't. And that's a hard lesson that we're all <laughs> maybe not internalizing enough. And we really, especially in the production world, in the engineering world, we just got to start punch in the face about how this kind of works when we saw the company waves 
just recently went from you purchase and you have a, a perpetual license and you you use this piece of gear and then you can update it to overnight switched and then everything is on their subscription service. You cannot buy it. I mean, they've, sw- they've since changed, but overnight we're like, oh, okay, I guess I don't own this. And you're like, well, you have it on your computer, yes, but whatever computer you have now always is getting updated and the operating systems get updated and you have all these changes. And then sometimes your software stops working with the updates. And if that software company is not going to update their their plugin or whatever you have, your software, then you're out of luck. It's gone. There's nothing you can do. You have to buy the new version. You have to jump in on the subscription service and that's your reality now. And so since that's your reality, I mean, it's just it's just part of the game. There, We can't do a lot of this without it. And it's just learning to balance that and figuring out what's better for me to invest in a piece of you know physical gear, what's best for me to use a software, and should I actually buy it or subscription? You know, these are all things we just need to balance. But going back to the beginning of this, if you are just buying into using a, a plan, an overall written down plan, and you have it somewhere stored where you can reference it and you have a direction, all of this becomes easier and you will know where and when to invest your money. And like I said, in the end, you're going to save so much money just doing this. So in the end, the big thing to take away from this is that uh, you really should have that written down plan. You should have it put somewhere where you can reference this as needed. Uh, you should update it as time. I mean, obviously, like we said, it's okay to change. It's okay to grow and have different tastes. Just update it, reprioritize, you know, once a year, every six months. And, and you know, just put away a little money and buy that next piece. And then over time, you know, over a couple of years, you're going to have a huge set of things that you can just sit down and write a song and then produce a song and then record a song and put something out there that's going to sound great every single time because you know these tools, you have these tools, and you know what they're going to do. So so the, the, the list should be the priority. The second thing you should take away is that since we've been talking about the gear, since we're talking about buying things, and something that I probably should have said at the beginning but I didn't, is that gear is really not what this is about. Yes, it's the tools. Yes, I mean, a carpenter can't go build a house without his tools. He could, but it's going to take so much longer. You're going to come up with a, a inferior product in the end. So, I mean, tools matter, but not everything. I mean, most important thing to take away here is that what you have right now is good enough. I mean, bare minimum, what you have right now is good enough. If you don't have something to record, you can find somebody that does. If you don't have the right, you know, top end gear, that's fine. It doesn't matter. Write better songs, invest into that, put some time into other things. What you have right now is good enough, but we should always have a plan and some kind of reference material to go forward in a mindful and and, and honest way that will be more rewarding and better for your pocket in the end so go make some music use what you have but also just take a little bit of time and plan out and i promise you it will pay off so again thank you guys so much for your time that was uh i know a little bit painful to go through and talk about uh the boring side of things but 
When it comes to saving money and being able to move forward and invest in other things in your the parts of your career and your music, this is going to help you. So thanks again. I want you guys have a wonderful day, and then we'll see you again on the next episode. Bye.